0: Hello and welcome to another episode. So, a quick announcement before we dive right in. Uh, yeah, so I had that big announcement episode where I kind of announced how I'm now doing the kind of bonus slash, slash exclusive episode feed where essentially I'm going to include these, my main episodes on this regular feed here where you might be listening to. And then I'm going to add a section to that episode each week. And to get access to that full version, I guess you could call it, of that episode, you just need to join the exclusive episode feed. Uh, But otherwise, the episode still will be coming through here. Um, But yeah, if you just email me with any questions or contact me, but check out the links below, you can find all you need to. Um, And yeah, and also for more details on that stuff, check out that episode just because I don't want to dive into each episode. It looks kind of annoying so if you're curious about that and helping support the show in that way in more tangible ways like such uh yeah check out that big announcement episode or just check out the links below but as always i appreciate your support for listening um you know just listening to the, to my podcast is means a lot to me and i just love knowing that people find joy in listening to my stuff and find it thought-provoking and all that stuff and yeah you can also share it with your friends leave a review on iTunes, or I guess it's not even called iTunes anymore, Apple, leave a review on Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff, but yeah, to this week's episode, we're going to be talking about religion, conspiracy theories, mental health around psychedelics, because I was thinking a lot about religion conspiracy theories and mental health around psychedelics this past week, and somehow I see them all kind of relating in a wild way, I guess, Uh, but you should know me by now. I see them relating by, by now, uh, by, because all these topics relate to the mind, the health of our psyche and consciousness. So the first, I guess, I guess we, we need the intro. I am just blanking today. Let's enter the labyrinth. So first, religion. For one, an, or, an organized religion, and as always, I'm, I relate most to Christianity because I grew up Catholic. Let's talk religion. For one, religion, I've had, I've had countless encounters in my life with religious people. I used to be that asshole that would take pride in telling them you know, how loony their beliefs are. Now, I mostly settle with hoping they accept that they rely on faith like everyone else. The difference is, I think my reliance on faith is much less... Risky and has a much more solid ground. Is this debatable? Absolutely. But what isn't debatable? But I also enjoy defending my positions. However, I'm fine with them believing what the fuck they want unless they start forcing their beliefs upon other people. And, and, then, and I'm not naive here. This shouldn't be a surprising response, nor is it any way unique. I see it as a basic decency and respect thing, and it's a common response you get in, as a rebuttal on the, in these types of conversations. But where does my frustration on this topic come from? Oh, and that comes from when I see the superiority complex come out, like a fiery dragon. When I point out how much faith their position relies on, and mind you, after I just got done telling them to believe what the fuck they want, it's when they want to follow up with thinking they have a moral imperative to have me follow the ways of Jesus Christ that gets to me. The reliance on getting the last point by saying, you just haven't experienced it yet. You'll see someday when you are ready. And mind you, the New Age Spirituality Movement relies on the same famous last words, when I dare to disagree with something they have to say. At some point in life, it's okay to think, well, you need to fuck off, right? And and here is advice I need to remember myself. We are not as smart as we think we are. Nor are we infallible to our mind's mechanisms to protect what we believe to be true. If we accept that disagreement is okay, that it can be healthy, then we must accept that, to, that, that being wrong is okay too. It's, yeah, it's the idea that, oh, they don't hold my beliefs, so they must not have done the research I've done. That's where my frustration comes from. And in a sense, they are exactly right. If I had exactly their circumstances, born into the same family and the same exact life experiences, I would believe exactly what they do, but I didn't. And it doesn't make your perspective on life better than mine. So, and I'm not saying mine's better. So in a sense, I haven't done the research they've done. If we think of research as being much more generalized as an all encompassing intake of life, I guess that's research in a sense. When we look at it that way, we see the superiority complex come into play. It's not that they want to understand my narrative. They just don't want to doubt their own. Their narrative, their existence, their understanding, it must be superior to mine, right? How how could my life experience not have led me towards some ultimate truth and meaning? No, no, no. Fuck you. Humble yourself to the reality of a conscious experience. None of us know nearly as much as we think we do, including myself. The most humble person in every professional field in existence have that understanding. We create a set of beliefs for ourselves, continually evaluate them, and hope we find some peace in life. That's that should be the goal. What does this understanding bring, right? People going down all sorts of interesting paths of life from interests, expertise, and and understandings but damn, my bad for not making one particular religion an integral focal point of my life. I'm not even trying to say I'm more awake because the people who call themselves awake fall into a lot of the same traps. It's not about one being better or worse. It's about you telling me that your system is better than my own. Let me be, and I'll let you be. However, wait, (laughs) Note that telling people They can't marry people of the same sex and trying to pass laws to prevent them, prevent this from happening, is not letting people be. And maybe this next part will be contradictory on my part, but I'm kind of a little bit angsty today. Allow me to get some arrogant preaching off my chest. I think people that embrace one organized religion often cover up their doubt with an expression of moral superiority. And from this, they don't want to admit to their own psyche that this superiority complex is a response to their own fear that they've doubled down on a false sense of security. They want to avoid acknowledging this false sense of security because it means acknowledging that whatever bullshit truth they spent their entire fucking life embracing is, in a lot of ways, dog shit. And that's a tough pill to swallow, right? Join the club, though. (laughs) You will be wrong in life. But the longer you take to acknowledge when you are wrong, the larger the pill becomes and the bigger asshole you become. Especially when you're making claims about absolute truth. There's any fact of life that's somewhere around the idea that our human psyche hates messing up and having others bear witness to that mess up. We hate being wrong, but we'd rather pretend that we're not wrong. As a quick side note from this, though, Maybe you shouldn't follow something that claims people will spend an eternity in hell for having different beliefs than you. I just feel like there's a big red flag there that maybe, just, just maybe, is not all it's cracked up to be, right? But don't get me wrong. Uh, maybe I should have made this point more clear. I get, I get why people embrace organized religion. That fact is not what I'm commenting on. It's doing that and then thinking it makes you brave, courageous, or Or superior to everyone else, or anyone else. Stop telling yourself that you've uncovered some special golden nugget of knowledge that every human in the world must see. What happened is, you got sick of the game of discovery, of doubt and of wonder, so you fell in line with an established past. Again, that's fine. I get it, to an extent. but let's not pretend you've done anything special, right? My meaning-making mechanism that is often considered an expression of spirituality doesn't have to take away from your current form of organized faith that relies on old traditions. It's that simple. And when religious people start thinking it does, that's when the religious asshole is born, which often transforms into a religious superiority complex. It's when this occurs that we have a problem. I also know some some Christians might be reading this and saying or, or listening to this and and, and saying no 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 no, I'm the humble one they will say they've they've embraced their faith out of humility as before they were they were an arrogant mess but but no 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 not now to me, this is the mind's way of creating its own get out of jail free card as though they've they've now dis- absolved the themselves of responsibility because they've given themselves up to something higher than themselves. But let me tell you, humility stops being humility when you allow it to morph into a new form of superiority complex that still has you believing you found an absolute truth. It's an arrogant superiority complex with extra steps. Now, you might be wondering what makes me any different. Do I have the same superiority complex by making this claim to claim on the religious and i think no i'm not claiming to hold the truth of the entire fucking universe that's the key difference but now i want to kind of transition it still connects but transition into leaning into anger and the power that misinformation has because some of you might have listened to what i just said and thought i was leaning into that anger a little bit right but I also want to reveal like, you know, the power of misinformation that, that comes into play around many things in life, not just religion. And it's that protection of our idea of truth. So let's, let's build off that. I know many spiritual people are subscribed to my content because this section is kind of targeted towards that as well. So something else I want to dispel, the idea that anger is something to be shunned. That it's something only a non-woke mind partakes in. Right? So I think I think when we find passion, we kind of hold up a double-edged sword. On one side, you 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 find peace being who you are and enjoying what you like. That's the lovey-dovey, great stuff. But on the other side, you need a shadowy defense mechanism that allows you to defend that at peace self. And there's only so much soft-toned, lovey-dovey, and positive-vibes-only language that can be used to get someone to realize they need to shut the fuck up. The amount of gaslighting I've experienced from the extremely religious and pretentious spiritual is absurd. I love a good debate. I get genuine joy out of disagreement that turns into fruitful discussion. But I'm not wholeheartedly convinced of anything, and I like to think... This helps prevent me from presenting my beliefs in a condescending tone. And yes, I, I definitely still fuck up on this. Some probably have taken this letter and episode as condescending. But here's an example that I constantly run into that I'm kind of concerned about. You know, like, I like having conversations about God. You know, it turns into our a conversation, hopefully, about our experience and perception of God. I like those versions, too. Where you then start but but it's when that turns into where you then start trying to say your experience of God is more true than mine. That's when we have a problem. You're not acting in good faith, you're just naive. If we start talking about conspiracy theories, and I express that some of them are simply entertaining, but many of them are almost certainly not true. If your response is, Well, if you if you'd stop being such a believer in the media, you'd see the most of them are easily true. Again. I don't deny that some of them are true. Take uh, uh, Project MKUltra. That used to be completely in the realm of conspiracy. But now we have so much evidence that, yes, indeed, the government attempted to use LSD for mind control. That's a conspiracy that is true. A condition of something being a conspiracy theory is that they are hard to prove sometimes. Making them your identity is a formula for quickly becoming paranoid of reality. I would not recommend it for anyone's psyche. With these points, let's remember, history is full of deceit. On my wall, I have a picture that says, truth doesn't make history. Truth is hard to find. Truth is hard to achieve. And in the modern age of technology, deception has become easier than ever. It's easier to find and simpler to protect our reliance on inf- misinformation. So I read this article on Aeon, which I, I recommend. i link below. On... The power of misinformation. It referenced a 1980 study that shows just how difficult it can be for us to alter our beliefs once we, we we form them. So I'll I want to quote it here, a great quote that kind of sums this up, this kind of thought experiment. I quote: Subjects were given news briefs from the scene of a fictional warehouse fire, one of which mentions a closet with volatile materials. Cans of oil, paint, and gas cylinders. Others report thick oily smoke, sheets of flames, and toxic fumes that put the firefighters' lives at risk. A further brief cites the police investigator on the case, stating that the closet was, in fact, empty before the report ends with the fire finally put out. So having read the briefs, subjects had to answer a series of questions meant to probe their grasp of the correction made by the police investigator. It seems... A simple test, yet across multitude of studies, people repeatedly fail it. In one experiment, as many as 90% of the subjects linked the fire's toxic nature or intensity to the cans of oil, paint, and gas cylinders, despite none being found in the closet. And more surprisingly, when asked directly, most of these uh, participants readily acknowledged the empty closet. Researchers have reported similar results many times, including using blatantly direct re- retractions, uh, there were no cans of paint or gas cylinders that 's an example, yet no matter how clear the correction, typically more than half of the subjects references to the original misinformation persist something a close quote something as just not controversial as that right it 's just a fire and And the police and firefighters make a statement reclarifying how it happened, dispelling a rumor, but still people relied on the initial statement, that first statement that they took as true because it was a the truth. They took it as true. They had reason to trust it. You know, more than half did that. That is crazy to me. No wonder people don't want to stop wholeheartedly believing in, an obviously false conspiracy such as the world being flat or a religion that relies on extremely shaky historical accounts. And I'll get into why I think that is because it's, it's not immediately obvious. Cause why don't they trust, you know, that the earth isn't flat They they had something that made them distrust, so now they're relying on trusting the distrust. And I'll get into that. So the study found that even when new information is provided for a case of how a fire is started, that clearly debunks the previous understanding of how that fire started. We still want to cling to it, the truth. We know it's false, though, if we cannot completely expunge it from our psyche because we trusted the original statement. Essentially, the consumption of false information continually affects our thoughts, judgments, and beliefs. That's the point. And professor of political science, Jason, uh, I th- I'm going to try to pronounce his last name quickly, Ruffler, he brought up an interesting point about why we trust that misinformation even after knowing it's wrong. It's because as humans, we know society was formed by developing communication mechanisms. however, however. A foundational part of that communication is the trust in the people we interact with. So essentially, our trust of misinformation comes from our default state of wanting to trust the initial information we receive. We are given that, right? We are given by hoping what we are consuming was given in good faith. So what happens when that good faith is taken away though? So once we trust, once trust is given, we want to continue that trust, on the flip side, once, mistrust is of informa- once we mistrust information, we want to continue that distrust. And I think that's the key point. Continuing the distrust. Thus, this is where my fascination with this idea comes in. How often is it the case that a conspiracy theorist that has made their entire identity exploring them a believer also in most conspiracy theories? How often is that the case? A lot. So at some point... They became, a conspiracy theorist, became distrusting of what many call mainstream media. But we are humans. We want to trust. So they must find a new place to insert that good faith. This is where the conspiracy theory rabbit holes come into play. They begin trusting those sources instead. They become too dazed by traditional media. This, the, the, the distrust is formed and placed elsewhere else. So anything that, that goes against the established norm becomes the, the thing to be trusted. Anything that is part of the established norm must be distrusted. And I'm saying all this acknowledging that my mind is susceptible to this as well. I've just become fascinated with how powerful groupthink can be on our minds. And that's kind of my point. Once we create that distrust, we, we come, become trusting of the distrust. We lean into the distrust and i'm fascinated and it's no wonder and it's and the internet makes it easy to lean into that distrust but that concludes the main episode feed uh for this episode if you'd like the exclusive episode which is going to include beware the psychedelic dragon um check out the link below on the sub stack and you will get access to that you'll get an RSS feed or you can also read Uh, the written version I create of the exclusive episode, and I only do that for the exclusive episode as well, so another little bonus item. But as always, I appreciate you for listening, and get the fuck out my labyrinth.